I'm going to record this for my friends. The, uh, for you. Um, tonight I'm apparently talking about, can you have fun in college as a Catholic? Wow. I love it when the people give you, when people write check, when people give you topics. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I was, I was thinking about that. I'm like, can you have fun in college? Well, yeah, I mean, I had fun in college, and I'm Catholic, and I had a lot of fun. And then I was thinking, wait a minute, why do they always get, like, last time I was here, it was like, party like a Catholic was the title. And then I was looking at pictures on Facebook, and all the pictures are of me holding beers in a pub. <laughs> and I was going through, and I'm just like, is this a problem? Like, what's going on? I'm the fun guy. Uh, but that's all right. That's okay. You know, so I was on the way here tonight, and, uh, or just a little while ago, stuck in traffic, and I put on, I had just, you know, I told Siri, I'm just driving along, and I go, shuffle my music, and, which is dangerous when you have a lot of songs, because you don't know what's going to come up. And what's scary is some of the, like, some talks I've given and stuff are stuck in iTunes somehow, so all of a sudden I hear my own voice, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's me. <laughs> you know you don't like the sound of your voice, ever. And so I was, I was driving, and three songs popped up, all from the same album. I don't know why Siri's supposed to shuffle it, but sometimes she shuffles a bunch of songs within an album. She and I are having issues, relationship issues. We're in counseling, and it'll be okay. But, but as I'm... Siri is the assistant on your iPhone, right? In case no one knows who that is. Not to scandalize you. And uh, as I'm driving, three songs popped up all right in a row from the Les Mis album. From the band. And, uh, and it hit me because I'm like, wow, this is my talk. So the first song was the Look down and see the trouble over me. That one? Yeah, that's kind of like... All the slaves, all the guys in the prison, and then the next one was drink with me two days gone by. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, okay, or the next one. What's the next one gonna be? And I'm sure enough, do you hear the people sing and sing? We could do the whole thing, right? But we're not gonna. Alright. Thank God it wasn't a female one. I don't know. So, so but I, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking about these songs, and I'm like, this is it. Because is it possible to have fun in college as a Catholic? That's a very packed statement. It's a very packed question. Is that, is it possible to have fun as anything? What is fun? What does it mean to have fun? And so I was, I was thinking about this, because the world thinks of us in a very unique way. I don't know if you've been watching the news or if you're ever attentive to what's going on in the world. I know when I was in college, I wasn't. I don't think I looked at a newspaper or read, well, the internet hardly existed, so I didn't read that. And, whoa! And, uh, but the world is just talking nonstop right now about Pope Francis coming to the United States. It's exciting. By the way, by the way, I do want to say that today, I, at, the, at the end, hopefully someone will remind me, we've got to say a prayer. Why don't we do it right now? We'll say a prayer for Bishop Laverde. Today's his 75th birthday. Okay? So, and it's a 75th birthday, and it's a big deal because when you're 75 as a priest or as a bishop, canon law requires that on your 75th birthday, you resign from past, your pastoral responsibilities. And, and then as a bishop, so you have to submit your resignation, and then it's up for the Holy Father to accept it and to name your replacement. So I'm sure this morning, Bishop transmitted his letter of resignation and, or retirement to the Pope, and so I'm sure the Pope is 
got it, and he was sitting there. No, so it's a lot of folks kind of busy. And, uh, but at some point, he'll get that, and the bishop's successor will be named. So I know it must be really tough, because bishop has been an awesome bishop. He ordained me. Uh, ordained, were you ordained? No, no, it's like, he ordained Father. And a long, long before. That's great. So, <laughs> Pius the Twelfth, was it? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> Put him up. All right. So, so why don't we say Hail Mary? We'll put him in Mary's hands, okay? We'll do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For Bishop Verdi, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so what is, like, people in the news right now, there's a lot about the Pope, and it's amazing that when people see Pope Francis, oh, by the way, tonight at 10, ABC is going to broadcast his dialogue that he had with Catholic, Catholics around the United States. And it's cool to hear the Holy Father speak English. So you won't hear that much when he's here. He'll be speaking Spanish most of the time. Maybe break out in Italian. And then sometimes, and then some, but when he speaks, he's like, Hello, my people. So he's, so, he's adorable. He's really, he's, he's like this cute old man when he speaks English. And, uh, and what, oh, he's not that old. But, so, he, people are watching him, and they're, he's so happy. He's so joyful. And, and they're like, what? I love this Pope. He's so happy all the time, and he's, he's welcoming. I'm like, do you not remember John Paul? <laughs> <laughs> or Pope Benedict, when he came to the United States, like, God, you see me for a daddy, son? <laughs> Y'all have really high voices or something. <laughs> <laughs> My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it was awesome to hear him when he came. And I remember everybody said when the, both of those Popes came, they were like, he's so joyful, I can't believe it. But for some reason, people think Catholics are, look down, look down. <laughs> you know, for some reason, the image that people have of us as, I will say not just Catholics, as Christians, any Christian, is that somehow we're under the, this oppressive weight of the cross and the oppressive weight of the church. And when you meet people, when they encounter us, hopefully... They are just blown away every time. It's awesome. It's great to have bad press. Because when people meet you, they're like, hey, what's going on? You're not anything like that. Well, that's exactly it. So the idea that people have is that we're miserable, that we can't have fun. Because as Americans, see, it's a very interesting thing. As Americans, most of us are positivists. So we believe in one way or another that rules, that law, sometimes restricts us from being free. So we'll complain about all this, dang law, this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this. Well, what happens is that as Catholics, people are always talking about what you can't do. I just gave a talk at Theology on Tap, yet again in another bar, uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, and I spoke on marriage. And I was talking about the beauty and the awesomeness of what marriage is. And I said, there's often, people can tell us, what marriage, what we're against, but they won't tell us, no one talks about what we're for. No one talks about the beautiful of things. And so that's the, that's the problem. As Catholics, is a lot of times people think, and we do, we think, that 
we can't have fun because fun means not being restricted. It's this kind of erroneous way of looking at freedom. Freedom is, does not mean I can do whatever I want. Because we've all been there. I mean, all of us. I would say, raise your hand if you're a sinner. Hey. All right. Get, okay, there's a couple of people who raise their hand. It's a little disturbing. All right, so. But we, we you know, it's, well, let he who cast the, the old joke on this, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone, then all of a sudden a stone hits him in the head, and he's like, Mom! <laughs> it still gets a laugh, which is awesome. I'm really excited about that. But when you, when you think about it, it's that all, all, of us, all of us have messed up. All of us are sinful. Why? Because we fell to this error of believing that if I do whatever I want, I'm going to be happy. And then when we do whatever we want, we... I don't, let's not use the word sin. Let's throw that word away. Why don't we talk about it as self-wounding? Okay, that's a better way. So we all wound ourselves by sin. Like, we've all, we've all wounded ourselves by doing something that we thought was going to make us happy, and thought it was going to make us free, and then when we did it, we were like, I, now I'm miserable. So the idea is that a lot of people think it's not possible for us to have fun because we have beliefs that restrict us in certain areas that tell us, don't do that, you might fall off the cliff. If you, get, if you, if you go too close to the edge of the cliff, you're going to fall off, you're going to get hurt. You're going to wound yourself. So that's a, that's a very interesting thought that we can keep in our mind. Well, then the other one is that this other idea of what it means to have fun. And it kind of goes from that. That idea is, drink with me, today has gone by. I need to drink, I need to like party. And when we define the party, well, what is partying? Think about it, in the Gospels, Jesus uses party terminology all the time. And he's not like, what's up, dude? Right? <laughs> you seen those like ridiculous photos of Jesus like... <laughs> but there's this idea that, that to party means to let go of myself. I mean, we've all been to parties before. I'm going to assume that all of us here, we're not idiots, that we've been, we've been to parties before where we see people where it's just basically letting go. Whether it's drinking, you know, over-drinking. Hmm? Drinking is not evil. Drinking is actually a good. That's why Jesus uses wine. Right? Okay. It's that, that, that drinking is a good. It's, it opens the heart. It opens the mind. It opens the soul. And a lot of it is healthy for us in moderation. But what happens is that people think that if I, if I lose myself, whether it's an alcohol or some drugs or whatever it is, if I lose myself, somehow I'm going to find something better. So we forget ourselves. And then what happens later? When we remember ourselves, and maybe not everything that happened earlier, we'll be like... Ah, like there's that, well, there's a lot maybe going on everywhere, but, but, but there's a lot going on here of just saying, I, who am I? Right, right, oh, there we go, another one, right? Who am I? I lost myself. So that, that's not freedom. That's not, that's not real joy. That's not real partying. It's not real fun. That doesn't mean we can't go out and be social. So I'm going to give you some idea tonight, I hope, of what really is fun. And I want to ask you this question. What is the deepest desire that you have? You want to like, you really want to like get somebody on when you go on a date? This would be really, this would be a little weird, all right? Not the first date, okay? Look in their eyes, 
Because a lot of people don't do that. Most people are like, hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> I saw two people on a date the other day. I was with my mom and dad for dinner. My mom was sitting next to me, and, I would, and, here, and my dad was across from us, and my mom and I were looking out the window of the restaurant, and there was a couple on a date <laughs> texting oh. other people. I'm assuming not themselves. <laughs> that would be even more of a deficiency. And, and they were texting, and my mom was there. And she's just like, my mom's from New York. And she was like, she's like, come on! <laughs> she starts getting upset. With, she's like, every five minutes, this is ridiculous. They haven't even looked at each other yet. <laughs> so let's say that you put the phone down for a minute and you look at each other and you say, what is the deepest desire that you have in your life? The answer is not you. <laughs> not the answer, right? This is the answer maybe we want to hear, we want to hear. Oh yes, my beautiful family. <laughs> what? what is that? My inner Antonio Banderas is coming out, but what? What is the deepest desire that you have in your life? And you think on that, think on that for a minute. No, I mean, really, this is a sincere question. What do you want more than anything? It's the whole reason that you wake up in the morning. It's the whole reason that you go and you do, you, that you put up with a lot of crap in life. It's the whole reason why we go to school, why we have friendships, why we, why we, why we sacrifice things for people. What is the deepest desire that you have? Now, all of us might articulate it in a variety of different ways. And that actually is a really great question to ask a friend. What, what do you want more than anything? Because that answer ought to define who we are, what we are, and what we do on a regular basis, on an on a every moment basis. See, someone, someone who's, it's amazing to see somebody who is absolutely in love. I have a, I have a real privilege in my parish. I'm at St. Charles Borromeo in Clarendon, okay? So... It's me and Young Adultville. We have the largest per capita 20-somethings in the country live in my neighborhood. It's awesome, right? That's why the bars and the restaurants are just jammed every night, right? It's great, but because of that, most of the, the biggest thing I do as a priest is I prepare people for marriage. So when I was assigned to Holy Spirit right down the road, I, on an average year, I was there for four years, as on an average year, I would prepare 25 couples for marriage. Every year I prepare over 200 couples now for marriage. It's awesome. It's awesome. Right, yeah, in marriage. It's really beautiful. It's my favorite. It, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do in the world. And why is that? Because when two people, I get the privilege of having two people who are in love sit in front of me and talk about how they're going to be all in in love for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. And sometimes some people... If y'all are dating people, let me just say, like, when you actually get engaged, would you please show your love? I, and, I, and, I, and I mean in a good way, right? But, like, when you're with people, sometimes people are like, yes, we're engaged now, and we want, and we want to get, we're going to get married on this date. And I'm looking, I'm like, are you in love? Like, hold your hands, right? Like, let me see some passion, baby, come on. Like, let me show me that you're in love with each other. 
Well, I said that I said that in a talk not long ago, and the couple was hilarious because they came into the office and they were like, "Hello, Father." <laughs> they're in love. I'm like, all right, calm down, calm down. This is just caliente, man. We gotta take it down. But it was great. It was awesome because there was passion. Well, what is that's? But they answered my question. They answered the question I just gave you. The deepest desire that you and I have is to be loved. Like, everything you do, everything I do, has to do, in one way or another, it's motivated by a desire to be loved, and then to love. But, that's, it's, it's absolutely necessary, because love is life. Love is really living. And what is living, when we, when we live, we're, we're breathing in and we're breathing out. You don't just breathe in, you suffocate. And if you just breathe out, so then you run out of breath and you suffocate. <laughs> so God wants, what does God want of us? God wants of us to experience the meaning of our life. The whole reason you and I are here is to breathe in and to breathe out. And the, what are we breathing? It's love. I have to receive this. I want to be loved. And to give that love. That, that is the ultimate fulfillment of our lives and because of that it's what is the most fun and I love it when I see people you know that's why we we love going to weddings you know Jesus refers to the kingdom he refers to heaven as the wedding banquet I'm going to a wedding as as a matter of fact as soon as this talk is over I'm getting in my car and I'm driving to Kentucky and I know, it's a long ride. <laughs> People are like, you going to bourbon country? I'm like, what's with the alcohol reference again? But I'm going up to Kentucky to do a wedding with some friends of mine. And, and I can't wait. I have been looking forward to this. And especially next because I have nothing else to do there other than the wedding. So I don't have to like, do like four other weddings. But it's going to be so beautiful to see them. I can't wait. They're going to do something. It was a Czechoslovakian tradition. They, when they make their vows, they're not only going to hold hands, but when they hold hands, they hold the, they're holding a cross in their hands. Isn't that beautiful? See, because our love is based upon the greatest act of love, which is the cross. I'm like, oh! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is such a homily waiting to happen. <laughs> you just wrote it for me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. But I love going to the weddings. We love going to weddings. People go to weddings. Why? Most of the times when they go to a wedding, if you're single, you're going so you hope you meet somebody that you're going to get married to. You look at them like, oh, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen are whatever. You know, it's just, it's, people are all excited. Is that we want, we want to be loved. Why? Because we're made for love. Who is God? St. John tells us. God is love. love. We're made for God. The ultimate fun that we're going to have, the, the most fully alive people, why does Pope Francis look so darn happy? Because he is. It's not like he's sitting there going, okay, Santo Padre, you must put on a big smile and make yourself look very happy. No, he's actually happy. Like, he doesn't need a producer to tell him to be happy. There's no director sitting there going, keep it working, baby, keep it working. <laughs> Is he actually is happy. Why? Because he's ha- he has fun no matter where he goes. And because a Christian that's really living love does that. So what can we do in college? See, you're in a privileged place. I mean that sincerely. Never in your life, ever, before and ever again, will you have the opportunity to have as much love 
as you could have here. That sounds a little weird. Well, let me explain that. You are in a point of life where you can encounter friends in a way that you can't anywhere else because you live with them. You're with, I mean, look at the people in this room. Why do people move to my area? Because they hope to re-experience what they had in college. And that is being with people their own age where they can create relationships. See, you and I can live the wedding banquet that Jesus speaks about every day if we have that in mind. College is a time to be able to learn who you are so that you can learn who God is and learn who others are. That is the true fun. That doesn't mean you're a stick in the mud. Actually, a Catholic that's a stick in the mud is a bad Catholic. I mean that sincerely. When you meet people and they're like, they must pray all the time and be It's like, calm down. Right? And it's, just, and it's just, so there's different ways of expressing our faith that maybe we need to calm down on, right? There's the indifferent Catholic. I love when people come to communion and, it's, and you're like, the body of Christ. <laughs> Whatever, amen. You, know, you do the eye, and you're just like, whoa, 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 it's Jesus right here. Let's do this again. No, I don't do it. <laughs> or, you get, or you get like the Catholic that looks like they're carrying, they're in the agony in the garden. <laughs> oh, are you okay? Or you get the one that looks like they're on way too much lithium. And you're like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God! <laughs> praise God! It's like, lay off the pipe, man. Come on. But we, it's a happy medium, right? But you have that opportunity. You have the, we have the opportunity. We have this amazing opportunity here and now. If we're made for God, and God is love, then what else is God? And this is how I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you some practicals on this. God, we call, we say God is true. God is good. God is one. God is beautiful. He isn't just beautiful like a sunset is beautiful. God is beauty. God is unity. God is truth. And God is good. It's not an attribute, it is what he is. If that's the case, then those four things are what we long for within the love relationship. And you can experience that. How about truth? You are dedicated right now to learning truth. Not information. Truth. Because information's easier. You, know? you can just you can like basically download it into your head. You save it on a save it on a paper I want and I can Google it. You ever Google yourself? Weird. Okay. <laughs> weird. There's some weird I don't know how I got tagged in some stuff. But it's like <laughs> you're just like, wow. Um, but really learning what is true is so important. And so like the first reason we go the reason you're spending how much does it cost to go to George Mason? A lot, okay. The money, okay. Probably not as much as Harvard, but it's a lot of money. So you're spending an astronomical sum of money to learn 
That's why this is an investment in the future, not just in your career. Because I promise you, I've had many careers. There's only two people in this world that have careers, actors and baseball players. Everybody else has a job, okay? And jobs change. Actors, totally dedicated. Baseball players, you know, just keep, keep throwing, okay? But we all have jobs. I had many jobs. I've done marketing. I've done sales. I've done public relations. I've done Within the short period of time between graduating college and being a priest, I had four different major career jobs. And you will too. Is you'll have many different things that you do. So you're not here as a career. This is not a career school. This must be a truth experience for you. And if you do that, you're going to have fun. Because as those light bulbs open up in the mind, as the ideas start to, your creativity grows, as you start to learn, you start to make connections between an economical principle and a historical fact and some philosophical principle that ties into some sort of cosmic physics. They all, everything's, everything's united. And so when you learn that unity, oh my gosh, it's like fireworks, 4th of July, in the head. You can have so much fun, but it's the, it is a way of experiencing life. Because when you get out, then you get to apply the truth and you continue to grow in it. And then as you meet different people, you experience the truth of the person. And that moves to unity. So each of us wants unity. We want friendship. I will say this, that your generation, most particularly the millennial generation, more than any other generation in the history of the United States, longs for unity. Recently I did a pilgrimage to Rome, Assisi, and Florence with a group of people a little older than you, 20s, early 20s. Some of you are that age. And we went, oh, the time of our lives was so awesome. And, the, and there was a couple of young newlywed couples with us. And we're in like Assisi, you know, it's like, it's romantic, it's so beautiful. And there's the sunsets and the hills and the vineyards and all these things. And I told some of them, I said, go on a date. Like, get out of here. Go be with people. Or with each other. I mean, you know, go be with each other. And they, and they, they were like, no, we want to be with the group. I mean, we all want, we want to live in a community. That's why Jesus finds a church, because he knows all of us have a desire for a community, to be with people, to love and be loved by those people. Well, you have that ability to find that unity here. Make friends like you can't even imagine. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to speak truth about yourself. Now, Clearly, you don't want to be like, hey, look at my life, right? You know, it's not, it's not, you know, we have to be prudent. But at the same time, make friends, serve your friends, suffer with your friends, laugh with your friends, spend time with them, ask them the big questions. Ask them the questions that will get to the center of their heart. What is the most important thing in your life? What do you value the most? What, what, what are your, what's heaven? We talk about, you know, let's say, I, I want to go to heaven. What is heaven? Talk about it. Talk about what is love. What is love? You know what I mean? Like, just ask each other. What is love? It just bombed you, right? Isn't that what that that is? Um, But uh, anyway, I mean, ask each other these questions so that you have that unity. Don't be afraid to be, and don't be afraid to correct each other. That's a beautiful thing. That's truly fun, too. When you know that someone is watching out for you, that you have a friend that actually cares about your salvation, when you have a friend that actually cares about what's good, for you, even if you might not really see that right now, like, correct each other with joy, with compassion, compassion to suffer with someone, 
It's like, we don't just correct somebody. We say, I'm here with you to walk through this. We can counsel people that have, all of us here have problems. All of us here have struggles. All of, it's very easy to live a double life where in front of all the people, especially in Catholic ministry, it's really easy to think that all the people here are holy except me. Right? Look at all that. They're praising God. They're all holy. We're all sinners. We all wound ourselves, right? Every one of us. There's not a single person here, priests included, all of us. All of us struggle. We're weak. And see, when we realize that, we're a church full of self-wounded people, then, see, then we can be open with each other. Then, then we, and that, that was the beautiful thing. Remember when Pope Francis was elected? And he gets up on the balcony, and he's like, Buonasera, good evening, right? And he's waving everyone. It's funny, but the different Pope waves, John Paul. <laughs> well, he's all like, and then you have Benedict, who's just like, who's like, <laughs> Benedict did the spirit fingers. And then Pope Francis is like, hello. <laughs> I am here, right? But what did he ask? What did he ask? He said, will you... Will you, I want to ask you, before I give you the blessing, will you pray for me? Will you pray over me? Wasn't that beautiful? When he did that, he, was, he is not afraid to tell people that he needs their prayers, which means he's not afraid to say, I, the Pope, am a sinner, and I need Jesus Christ. If the Pope can say that, why can't I? Why can't you? And that dream draws us into a unity. And so... We can then learn goodness through that, through the truth that you study, and then beauty. You know, it's interesting, the devil wants to, he wants to corrupt all those things because he wants to take us away from God. And so he says, there's no such thing as the truth, the truth is you define it. There's no such thing as goodness. Look at all these miserable people out here. Everything is foul and false. And you see that, watch the news for five minutes, and everyone's like, world's falling apart and going to hell! <laughs> yeah, you see them, and it's just like, stop, stop the madness, you know? And then you, ha and then you have, but people say that there's no such thing as beauty. Or what he does is he tries to pervert beauty and say, she's beautiful, he's beautiful, take it for yourself. Take it. And it dehumanizes. See, the devil wants to pervert even beauty. And so what we must be is people who love the beautiful. The beautiful, beautiful music that elevates us, beautiful art that excites the, the minds and the imagination and gets us, gets us to be creative. You know, so all the different creative things that we can do. I give a tour every year of the art museum, and it's amazing. I give many tours, and I'll, I'll go through the art museum. I'll start with maybe 50 people, 20, 25 to 50 people, usually from the parish. By the end of the tour, there's like 75, 100 people with us. And it's not because I'm some great tour guy. It's because people are, they're starving for beautiful. They want to see beauty. Feed yourself with beauty. And then what happens is that life... Life is more than fun. Life is beautiful. Life is divine. Because every moment of every day, you can encounter God. And in every moment, and it doesn't mean some holier-than-thou way. It means in the normal, everyday, ordinary things of life, I encounter what is true and good and unified and beautiful. And when I encounter that, my love grows. My love that I'm receiving from God as I breathe in, the love that I have for myself, because that's a difficult thing. A lot of us, us self-wounding makes us not love ourselves. 
We can't give what we don't have. If I don't love myself, how am I ever going to allow myself to be loved by God? But how am I ever going to love somebody else if I hate myself? And so this is a time where wounds can heal. That's the beauty of having confession and adoration and times of prayer together, is that we can heal these wounds. God can heal these wounds. This is the time. This is the acceptable time. Lord, it is good that we are here, St. Peter said. And he said and he meant it. It is good that we are here and it's good that you're here. So this year, let this year be a year of the true and the good and the beautiful and the one. Let it be a year of love. Not some sappy, worldly, saccharine kind of love or a, or a lust that, cover, that covers itself as love, but real love. Meditate on what, that, what is love. What is it? Let me get to the heart of it. Poets and, and, and writers and musicians and artists for centuries, for millennia, have tried to define what love is because every one of them wants it, and so do we. I promise you, I promise you, if you do that this year, if you do all the joy and the humor that we had tonight, all the fellowship that we had, all those things, it'll make sense. That's the real fun. That's why Catholics who really are living their faith have fun. That's why when you meet saints, and I've had the ple- pleasure and privilege of meeting some who are canonized and some aren't. You know, just average, I'll never forget my grandfather. He was always joyful. I'll never forget my grandmother who always was, she, there was one suffering or another that always came her way and she just took it. She was like a rock on the side of the sea and the waves beat and buffeted against her and she never moved. She was rooted. I'll never forget meeting Pope John Paul II. A year before he died, I was standing next to his chair People said, don't touch the Holy Father, the secret, the, what do you call him? The Swiss guard don't like it when you touch the Holy Father. Eh, I'm American. I do whatever. <laughs> like I'm standing next to the Holy Father. We take a picture. I have it on my office wall. <laughs> I look like I'm like eight in a candy shop. And then I quickly, I look around and there's no Swiss guard. And I go, Holy Father, I love you. I pray for you every day. Thank you for the witness of your life. God bless you. And he just, he, he went like this to my hand on his other hand. He went like, and he looked, he gave me a look like, <laughs> you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> but then he just, he went like this, he, he touched my face. And I looked into his eyes and I saw a, a friend of Jesus Christ. I saw Jesus. I didn't see my reflection. I saw the reflection of love. When people look in your eyes, in my eyes, this year, what will they see? Let's not live this life. Let's, let's live this life. Let's live a life that, that comes out of itself, that, that's drawn out of itself, that is for others. And I promise you, you will have fun. I promise you. It's an absolute guarantee. Life back guarantee. Because you know what? I deal with a lot of people, a lot of people who they left college, and they, it's a lot of people with broken hearts and tired bodies. A lot of people have a lot of regrets of these four years. A lot of debt and a lot of regret. And I can tell you, it's never too late. But wouldn't it be great not to be tired of living, but rather be fully alive? Make that this year. Cool?